Well, let's make our confession, and then we're going to share the word. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me, and I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Turn to somebody and say, welcome home. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> you know, uh, in the world we're living in today, we have to know, and um, I'm really glad that we're going to be uh, sharing on Wednesday nights with our young people their identity. You know, uh, Pastor Dan felt to do the character of God. What they're going to be learning in the youth uh, with our students is basically the same thing, their identity in who they are in God, who God is and who they are in him. And this is a really good time for young people to be finding out who, what their identity is in because the world is trying to convince people of many things that the enemy would like to seduce and draw young people away from their purpose and their destiny. And so as the church, I believe we have a responsibility to stand the gap and be in a position where we're giving the knowledge that they need to make the right decisions as they uh, get out of school, whether they're in middle school or high school, they're going to advance. And one day they're going to be out and they're going to be making their decisions. And we're believing that they'll have a foundation of truth to make those decisions. Um, I've been amazed at some of the things I've heard being said uh, in situations where people have influence. Turn to your neighbor and say, I have influence. <laughs> we have godly influence. And so it's time that our influence begins to infiltrate the areas where the enemy is trying to bring lies and deception in our young people. And you say, wow, she's on her high horse today. I just, I believe that they're going to be the ones that take care of me when I get old. And I want them to know the truth. You think that's funny. Listen, we all get old. And I remember when my mother got old and she didn't expect to get old. And, you know, my mother was just always going strong in her 80s, in her 90s, and then one day she was old. But she had people taking care of her who knew the love of God, who knew what, how to help her transition from this world to the next. Young people today are being deceived. And they're being deceived in situations where we are not with them. But the Holy Spirit of God is always with us. Amen? Amen. And today I'm going to finish your DNA Part two, uh, last week we talked about it, how, you know, the, this is the definition for DNA. I want to read it again today. A self-replicating material that's in us, every one of us, uh, that is present in nearly all living organisms as the main constituent of chromosome. It is the carrier, carrier of genetic information, the fundamental and distinctive characteristics or qualities of someone or something especially when regarded as unchangeable. Now, you know, the world looks at that as a scientific thing. But if you look at that as a spiritual definition, then it's saying we have genetic information on the inside of us. And it's been put in there by God. Um, you know, in Psalm, I want us to go there today, Psalm 139. I remember the first time I heard somebody teach on this. It was my friend Janet Lay, who's now in heaven. But... Um, it starts in verse, I'm going to start in verse 13. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed and in your book they are all written the days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them God hates abortion those are babies that have genetic information in them that he himself put in them and so when people are ripping them out of the womb or taking their life after they're born even to the place where that's becoming an issue in our in the United States of America that's abominable to God that's exactly what it is thank God we have passed some laws 
and the Supreme Court has weighed in, but that fight isn't over because Satan wants to destroy what God has created, starting in the womb. And so when this scripture says, you are fearfully and wonderfully made, you know, when I, when I first learned this, um, I wasn't thinking too much about myself. Um, you know, I, I based what I thought about myself in my actions and things and choices I'd made. But that's not what this is talking about. This is up talking about how you're designed. You know, and the world, I believe, is trying to make us, and this isn't in the word, but I, I see everything trying to make everybody be alike. Let's just all be alike. Well, we're not alike, and we need every gifting in the body of Christ. We are not all alike. How many of you know if you're married, your spouse is not like you? <laughs> Pastor Bill and I are not alike. He says if you want to know how we are, check out our puppies. Because our male puppy is very calm and loving and loves to sit and be petted. The female is real ouchy. She goes, when she wants something. If that doesn't work, she barks real loud. Bill said, I'm telling you, she's got your personality, and this one's got mine. Well, you know, I, I do know that I'm probably a little more vocal. I talk more definitely than him, but I think that's, in general, women do have a lot more words. It even, you know, we, we like to communicate, and uh, sometimes we over-communicate, but uh, we're all different. We're made different on purpose. Everybody say on purpose. Your DNA can never be changed. You know, there are people who, uh, in situations where they're trying to break the law, they'll even try to mess up their fingerprints because everybody has a different set of fingerprints. That's how individual God made us. But you may be able to mess that up, but you can't mess up your DNA. And ultimately, your DNA identifies who you are. I believe that's true spiritually. You know, our DNA, it says, and this is very important, I think, in uh, Romans 11, and this is, uh, I'm taking a little bit out of the context that it's written in, but it's true in the arena we're in. It's about the Jewish people, and what it's saying is that the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. Everybody say irrevocable. That means they can never be changed. And so the way that you're made, when you look at them in the mirror in the morning, just praise the Lord for his wonderful creation, which is you. Don't look at it and say, ah, there's another wrinkle. Or, oh, I wish I had so-and-so's hair. I've been guilty of that. I told God I got in the wrong line and got straight hair. I meant to get in the one that had curly hair because that's easy to take care of. And, and I've told God about that. But, you know, that's not true. I believe God designed me. He designed you. He designed your children, those ones that you wonder where they came from. They came from God. They've been put in your family. They have, some, they have some physical attributes of you, but they are different. They are different. They may have a few things that you'll say, oh, just like their father, but there's some DNA in there. I was reading about DNA, and there's this little bit, just a tiny bit. We all have similar, but there's this tiny bit, right? Yeah. She's our expert right there, Christine. She's a scientist. So if I go wrong, she'll tell me. Don't worry. But, you know, just that tiny bit, just a tiny bit, that when they say this person is definitely 99% related to this person, it's because the DNA says so. Isn't that amazing? I mean, when you looked at that baby this morning, Val, you know, he has a long name, but really, he's, he's a child of God. That's what he is ultimately. And he is full of his own DNA. He has two sisters. They're nothing alike. And I'm sure he'll be not like them. There might be a few things, but that does not make somebody like us. How many of you think the world relationship-wise could get along a lot better if they realized they don't have to be like me? They don't have to be like I am to be okay. They don't have to be like I am to be loved. They don't have to be like I am to be acceptable or forgiven. We are all different. And I praise God for that because in this church, we have a lot of different giftings and we need all of them. You know, uh, Morgan helps me in the office. There's things she can do on that computer.
that I just holler for her. I don't even get, I don't even try. And Sandy, she's the same. They're really good at computer. I am not, I'm, you have to really work with me because truly, I don't have to do it. I got them. <laughs> Amen? Let God use the people that are surrounding you to bless you. Let them be a part of what you're doing and use those gifts that are in them so that they begin to grow in the gifting that God has for them. You know, where it says in Romans 8, and we said this last week, the Bible says all things work together for good for those who love God, those who are called according to his purpose, which we all are. And he foreknew, everybody say he foreknew. He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son that we might be the firstborn among many brethren. We are right where we're supposed to be. We are who we are supposed to be. And in this place, we're supposed to be full of the joy of the Lord and the peace and the thing God, God has for us. Uh, I was looking at the family line, and if you read through the Bible, um, if, if, when I first started reading through the Bible, I got to Matthew, that first chapter. It's this one begot this one, begot this one, begot this one. It was like, who cares who begot, who begot, get to the bottom line, Jesus, okay? But, but then as I studied the Old Covenant more, as I read through the Bible more and more, I, re I began to recognize some of these names that are in this begot, 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 begot. And uh, so it starts out the book of genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, son of Abraham. It's important to God who you're related to. And you say, uh-oh, I've got some back there that you don't want to know that I'm related to. Well, in, in this family lineage, everybody say, in the lineage of your family, there are people that have to do with who you are. And so it goes on, it says, Abraham begot Isaac, and you know, and that goes on and on. This I want to share with this, verse 5. Salmon begot Boaz. How many of you have heard about Boaz? Boaz by Rahab. How many of you have heard of Rahab? Okay, we'll go back in a minute. Boaz begot Obed by Ruth. Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David, the king, which is the lineage, as you go on, from which Jesus came. Now, Boaz was born by Salmon and Rahab. Rahab in Joshua, this is the only place really where Rahab, I think, is mentioned, according to the commentary I was looking at. But she was a prostitute, and she made it. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if that applies to you today, but or if you're watching... But, listen, God doesn't pick perfect in our view people. He picks according to their DNA, what he called them to be. Whatever they got into, how, how many of you have got, I mean, I'll raise my hand. How many of you gotten into things you shouldn't? I'm not saying at this level. So that's just, you know, gotten into something. And you found out you shouldn't have been there. Okay. That does not disqualify you for your DNA. It is in there. Your gifts and callings are in there. I hope this helps somebody today. Because I believe there's too many people lying on the road, on the sidelines, because of what has happened to them that has nothing to do with who they are. Or what they can accomplish. And they're busy thinking about that other thing that happened to them and the people involved. And they're missing what God is going to still do in their life if they will put their focus on Jesus. And so then it goes on, and then Obed by Ruth. You know, Ruth, Ruth was a Moabite. The Moabites were not nice people. But somehow uh, her mother-in-law ended up coming from Israel with her husband. You can read the story in the book of Ruth. They end up where Ruth is. The son marries the Moabite. But when the sons die and the father dies, the mother-in-law decides to go back to Israel. Ruth insists on going with her mother-in-law. Why? Because of her DNA. It's not written in there. But because God had put something in there that she had to go to where Boaz was because she had to marry Boaz because through 
Boaz, and Ruth would be born Obed. Who and it made her in the lineage of David, the lineage of Jesus Christ. You know, sometimes I think the body of Christ is like, well, you know, I think I missed it back there and I moved. Like God can't, doesn't know where they're at. Like God can't find them. I married and I got divorced and so it's over for me. Well, I don't believe in people getting a divorce, but there are circumstances where people get divorced. And I don't believe that leaves them on the trash pile of life. Because I was divorced, and here I am. And why I'm here is only by the grace of God. So that has nothing to do with it. If I'd have gotten hung up on the people and all the situations in, in that divorce, which I did for a long period of time, I never could go forward until God said, I need you to do this. It's in your DNA. Everybody say it's in the DNA. That's what it means by your gifts and your callings are without repentance. One Bible says, one definite, or one uh, translation says, or irrevocable. Wherever you are in your life, however God created you to be, He's still looking. He's still looking to. He He'll hasten His word to perform it in your life. I encourage you today: don't let go of your DNA. Don't let go of your DNA. Be aware that the decisions that you, we make, I, I've, I've learned over the years. And when I preach, listen, I'm not throwing stones because I've done all the wrong things. That's how I'm up here. God showed me the right way and has it made a difference in my life? Yes. It takes away fear. It takes away doubt. It takes away other people stopping you from being who God called you to be. If it's in your DNA, you can be it. If it's in your DNA, if it's your giftings, you can do it. Now, God along the way sure has done a lot of things in my life to improve my character. How many of you know your character is important? And so, regardless of my DNA, I'm responsible for my character. In other words, I line that up with the Word of God. And that takes time sometimes. But don't ever give up on the thing that's in your heart. Because God has deposited. Your days were fashioned before you were born and there's an anointing on that because that's what God's it's God's will and where God's will is there's an anointing that means all of your giftings are just going to flow and it's easy to do what God gave you to do you know Jeremiah 29 11 says I know the thoughts or the plans in some translations I think towards you let's look at the this is the new King James for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Do you know when that scripture was given? It was given to the children of Israel when they were in captivity in Babylon. They were in a place that they ended up in because of their disobedience. And God said, in this place, just a few verses above this, you go ahead and build homes and live and live your life. And, and he gives them instructions in their place of captivity not to just sit there and do nothing and wait till somebody, something happens, but to be productive where they were even in captivity. And then he said, when, when you're out, I know the thoughts that I have for you. When you're out of that place, I'm, nothing has changed. I know my plans. If you listen to it in, or look at it in the NLT, the New Living Translation, says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. That, that really helped me in my life because bad things happen to good people. It's because of what happened way back in, in the beginning. With Adam and Eve, the, the enemy was given entrance. He became the god of this world. And if, without Jesus, there's no resistance that can stop the devil. With Christ, all things are possible. With him, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But it does not mean I will not have situations and things happen that I don't understand, that I have to use my faith and get through. And so I'm sure all of you have experienced that. But he says, I know. Everybody say, I know. I know. If you remember last week, we went through those seven churches. And every one of the churches, he said, I know. I know about you. And then in the message, I like this message. The message always has a different way of, of saying it. This is God's word on the subject. 
as soon as Babylon's 70 years are up, and not a day before, everybody say not a day before, I'll show, I'll show up and I'll take care of you as I promised and bring you back home. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hoped for. You need to highlight that and underline it. That is God's plan. That's God's promise. Even in those places where sometimes we don't want to be. I have been in places I didn't want to be. How many of you have been in places that you've thought, what does this have to do with what I'm supposed to be doing? <laughs> How did I get here? And, and a lot of times we just find a way to get out. Uh, note to self, don't do that. Because you'll have to go through it somewhere else. And it will be harder there than it was where God originally put you. Because God never stops moving to get us where we're supposed to be. I truly believe that in my life. When you talk about DNA, it says the steps of a good man or a righteous man in Psalm uh, 37, 23 in the Amplified. The steps of a good and righteous man, which you are if you're a believer, are directed and established by the Lord. He delights in his way. God delights in his way and blesses his path. Uh, and then Proverbs 16, 9 says, uh, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. You know, um, in my life, and I said last week, I can only share about my life because if I share about yours, I might have to share something you don't want out. But I can tell you about my life. I went way off track in my life. As a young person, and some of you have heard my testimony, this will be very brief of it, but when I started out, I was... In the church, my mother took me to church every Sunday. My grandmother was the one that started the church with two other people. It was an evangelical United Brethren church. Um, I played the organ. I went to choir practice because uh, my mom said that's what I would do in high school. And so every Thursday night I was in the rehearsal. And every Sunday I played. When the church organist left, they said, you're now the church organist. Never played an organ in my life. They gave me four lessons and said, you're the church organist. And so that's what I did. I got married and out of high school. And I, by then, the evangelicals became United Methodists. So when they changed, I changed. I just went from an evangelical United Brethren person to a Methodist person. And I did whatever the Methodists did. I continued in, in, here in Lafayette, played the organ, did all that. Ended up divorced. Ended up remarrying real quick and divorced again. Found Jesus. You say, well, you were in church. Where was Jesus? Not in me. <laughs> he was, I knew about him, but he was not my Lord and Savior. I got saved in that second situation. Ended up at First Assembly in where they spoke in tongues. And I had been told about those people. <laughs> that is of the devil. Now, why do you think I heard about that? I had never heard of tongues, and this one person who was very spiritual said, stay away from tongues. It's of the devil. I was a Methodist. They didn't talk about tongues. So I didn't even know why they told me that until I got born again. Last Sunday, I forgot about it until Monday when I wrote the date. Last Sunday, I was saved on January 22nd, 47 years ago. The next day, I got filled with the Holy Ghost and started praying in tongues. Nobody even knew what happened to me till I already had it, and you could not tell me it was not God. <laughs> he separated me because it was in my DNA. My grandmother saw it. My grandmother's the one who prayed. She sat there. She was the scariest lady on the face of the earth <laughs> when I was 16. She was in her black outfit with her black clunky shoes. She'd sit there. If we did anything wrong, just a look, come over. She used to say, God is going to get you girls for the way you treat your mother. We thought we're dead because <laughs> we didn't treat my mother real nice sometimes. And with, that's how scary she was. But I, I believe it was in my DNA. It was coming toward me. But I didn't, I didn't know it because I didn't know Jesus. I didn't know about the Holy Spirit. I didn't know anything. So I ended up at First Assembly. Well, then I ended up in Tulsa. 
at Oral Roberts University. The Holy Spirit in the now. Going to chapels. I worked there for a year. God totally healed my life right there at ORU. Everybody say your DNA. Then I ended up coming home, and I met Pastor Bill the Prince. He, he came riding on his white horse, right? And he was my prince. He really was. And God said, I'm going to bring you somebody who will love you like I do. And he did. He did. Only he decides he wants to go to Tulsa. Now, I've already got my family thinking, mm, you know, mm. she was crazy before. Now she's crazy Jesus. And so I, I go to Tulsa. I say, God's sending me. Then I come back, and then I marry Bill. We, we, I, it was all divine. I don't have time to tell you the story. God gave me his name in the night. We got married three months later. He says, in a fever. You know, he loves that song. <laughs> and so, regardless, we got married. We went to, he said, I want to go to Tulsa. I said, I just got back from there. He said, well, I want to go. Up we go. We get the kids. We load them all back up again. We go to Tulsa. And we end up at Victory Christian Center across the street from ORU today. They met in the Maybe Center. The connections that God made in that time when I was in Tulsa by myself, when I thought, why am I out here all alone trying to take care of three kids? I'm a single mom. I don't have any money. You know, I could die out here. All these things, you know, your pity parties and stuff. Till God set me free from all of that. Now I'm out there and all those connections that I made at ORU, they end up connecting because Pastor Billy Joe and Brother Roberts were very connected in ministry. So now the Holy Spirit in the now. Now I'm at victory. Everybody say DNA. DNA. Without a doubt, DNA. While I'm at victory, the word of faith message comes. Never had heard about the word of faith. Do you know faith is in the Bible? Do you know it says now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, Hebrews 11.1 1 and 11.6. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. It was a season where Marilyn Hickey, uh, Brother Hagen was out there, all these people of faith, Brother Copeland. Uh, we had them all the time. Every Sunday night we had a guest speaker, and it was always about faith, 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 faith. In that time that we built, or Victory built, God built, uh, all of Victory, debt-free, buildings came in. A park came in for a dollar rental a year. Everybody say DNA. It's still there today. They have put buildings on it. They have children's camps all the time. So I say all that to say where, where God puts you, don't run. Stand still in that place and grow. You know, uh, wherever you go, sometimes I remember when Aaron and Chris moved out to uh, Arkansas, I felt they belonged in this church. You know, and I thought, well, you know, I, I can't go say you don't, supposed to, don't take that job because it was where God wanted them for a season. And then here they come back. Why do they come back now? Because this is God's season. It's in their DNA. Everybody say DNA. It's very important. If you try to leave where your DNA is, you will be miserable. And you'll wonder what's wrong with that pastor. They don't teach anything right. And that's not true. You just don't belong there. That's not your shepherd. And God does move people. I encourage you today, know who God is saying you are and where you belong. Because you will grow where you belong. And this, this is what really convinced me of what we're doing right now here. In your DNA, there's things that connect you to people and to the, the way God's moving them. And um, I noticed, and, and Morgan had said to me, I shared about the light all of November. Remember all those messages? It was a series. And she said to me, did you know Pastor Paul, who's the pastor now at Victory, Pastor Billy Joe's in heaven. She said, do you know on, on Christmas he shared all about the light, all about the light. Well, I go out there in January, and when I get off, I told you last week when I got off the plane, the Lord said to me, welcome home. Why did he say welcome home to me there? Because that's where my roots. I needed it to be reinforced in my roots for what's going to happen this year. 
I've been reading through Maxwell's Bible, uh, commentary Bible, for the last five years. Uh, well, four, because five years ago I read through the one uh, Brother Copeland sent and gave to his partners. And it was all about faith. I started to read the other one this year. Um, and, and now listen, this is really the Holy Spirit will guide you every single day. I started to read through Maxwell's again because God knows I haven't learned all of, I need to know about leadership. Every time, I see that all the time. Uh, but God's, no, faith, faith. And so I picked up my faith Bible. And now that I'm reading through faith. Takes longer. Brother Copeland talks longer than anybody I know. I mean, it's <laughs> pages of commentary. You know, and I, I read, you, you just read a couple of chapters, but then he's got his commentary. So my Bible reading has increased in time. But I know when I got off that plane, he said, welcome home. When I pulled down Lewis, right there's ORU, Billy Joe Doherty Drive, which they named in honor of him. Across the streets, victory. Everything that we worked for in the 80s is now manifested in that building. Everything that we were in the beginning of is there. Faith rises up on the inside. I needed that for what's going to happen in this church. I said, oh, brother, it's going to be a year where we're really going to have to walk by faith. But that's a growing thing. Everybody say a growing thing. That means you're going to possess things that God wants to possess. So I go to the meetings, and who's there but John Maxwell, which I have, that's been my mentor for leadership all these years. And then he gets done, and there's Bill Johnson, who is the Bethel pastor, who is all Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, and miracles. And he begins to pray, and people start receiving miracles right there. In the meeting, people healed. The guy's knee healed. The guy, I mean, ears. It was just a move of God. What does that do to your faith? Takes it at another level. I believe for miracles in this church. I believe what we sang today. Move the immovable. Take care of it. Break the unbreakable. I believe. I believe. So I go, and the very last Sunday, I'm, well, I go down, then I go down to hear about faith. Every single preacher that preached, preached on faith. I mean, that's, that's what this meeting is. It's for ministers, and it's on faith. So I come out of there. Now I'm like, God, I mean, you have really taken me on a, a week of just sitting. I mean, morning, afternoon, night. Morning, afternoon, night. You say, I don't have time for that. If God tells you to do it, I suggest you do it. Go get in a hotel room. Stay by yourself. I get all done. Can you bring me that sweatshirt, please, Bill? And uh, they just released a new CD at Victory, some songs that Pastor Paul's written. And I go out, and they, they get the merchandise, and this is the merchandise. Home. The back of it says, where I belong. I said, I'm getting me that sweatshirt. And I'm wearing it on Saturday, so I'll be ready to preach on Sundays. <laughs> because it's the DNA. It's the DNA of this church. You know, I'm not here because I, of my name. I mean, I don't even know why God sent me to Tulsa in 1970. I was a screwball. And he let me out there with three kids by myself. And I knew nothing, nothing at all. And he did that for the people of this community. He did that for Pastor Bill. I mean, he went out there to work at ORU. He wasn't going to be a pastor. He didn't even want to be a pastor. Believe me, he did not want to be a pastor. And he, I've real, I'll tell you this real quick. He, he uh, you know, I, I didn't know what God was going to do with this because I went to work for a ministry, Bisansky, Bill Bisansky was his name, and God told me, you can't work here because he needs you. I thought, I don't want to work with him because it's a smelling and smelling, finding people jobs. They reject you when you call, all this stuff. And, and, and so, but God supernaturally put a lady that Diane Hughes, a friend, of, the one that led me to the Lord, said, if you ever get in trouble, call this lady. I called her at 4 a.m. And she said to me, I've been awake for an hour. God told me somebody was going to call me. And long story short, she said, uh, the wheat has to fall on the ground and die for the harvest to come. 
And I felt like God said, you need to die. So I became a Snelling and Snelling employee instead of, and Bill would say to me, you're called, but I'm not. You're called, but I'm not. Well, I didn't know. I didn't even know I was called. Why would I be called? But, I mean, he, I am not. I am not. And then one day, I hope this builds your faith today. One day, we, were, we had gone to a ball game of our son, and uh, we didn't know Pastor Billy Joe at all. And, uh, but we did know the administrator there because our kids played ball together. And Bill's walking down the hall. Now, my husband's a Marine. Still, he doesn't wear his uniform, but he'll always be a Marine. And so he has, he has, he's perfectly dressed. Pastor Bill, you know, he lines up everything like the Marines. And so he's, he's always very perfectly dressed. And his buckle on his shoe breaks. And the Lord said, tonight, I'm going to call you up. Why did he say that? Because Bill one day heard he was supposed to be in the ministry. And he said, God, if that's you, you have Billy Joe Doherty call me up in front of the whole congregation, and I'll know it's you calling me. His shoe buckle broke, and he heard it in the hallway. Tonight, I will call you up. And he's thinking, I got a, a, my buckle's broken. <laughs> but God didn't care about that buckle. He, I believe he did it. And so... In the middle of the service, it was, it was just like this, except it was like a 1,000 people. And, and Billy Joe steps off the platform. He's down at the level of the people. And we're praying for a man named Alf Beckman who went over to Europe and started a big work over there. He was out of Rhema at that time. And uh, he starts to pray, and he stops. And he says, you, you back there, uh, you have the love of Jesus all over your face. I want you to come up here and pray. And Bill, I was standing next to him. I thought, dear God. <laughs> I mean, Billy Joe's like, you know, like the pastor of lots of people. And he points, and Bill goes, and he goes, yes, you. <laughs> and Diane Hughes, the lady who led me to the Lord from here, was visiting at the she was standing next to me, and she looked at me, and I just, I didn't say anything. You know, you can't be the Holy Spirit. I wanted to go, yes, but I didn't do anything. <laughs> and he walked up. He had never prayed for anybody, and he prayed for that man. And he walked back, and he just sat down like nothing happened. I wanted to go, did you not know? <laughs> but I didn't know, I didn't know that his shoe buckle had, I didn't know, know any of that at the time. So we get home, and Diane Hughes, who, if you remember Lady Di, she leaned over and said to him, Bill, did that mean anything to you tonight when Pastor called you up front? And Bill goes, no. And I left him. Later, he told me the story. That's how he got called into the ministry. Everybody say DNA. DNA. DNA will take you where only God can. Stop looking at the people around you who are telling you. Maybe not even saying it out loud, but you, by the looks, you know, you're not going to, you'll never make it. The enemy puts those people around you to discourage you and pull you off of what God has for you. Your DNA is real. And I believe this sweatshirt for me. You know, God gives things to me. When I saw that word home, and I, I, it was just like, this is what we're supposed to be doing. This is where we're supposed to be. And then I heard Pastor Paul say, this year, I'm giving this year to the Holy Spirit to do whatever he wants to do in this place. I want to grow in my knowledge and understanding of the Holy Spirit. That's my prayer always. Because Jesus said, I will ask my Father, and he will give you the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will teach you. He will guide you. He will lead you. He will comfort you. He will be with you. I will be with you, and he will show you things to come. Everybody say, thank God for the Holy Ghost.
Let's stand. Father, I thank you today for every person here. I thank you, Lord, that where you go, we go. That we follow after you, just like Ruth said to her mother-in-law, wherever you go, I, I will go. Wherever you go, I will go. Your people will be my people, even though her, her uh, natural people were not her mother-in-law's people. Naomi was an Israelite. She was a Moabite. I pray today for every person in this room, Lord. I know when you give a message, you give a message to increase people's faith to believe. It's also a message to surrender. Your goodness is following after us every day. And your mercy. But just like that song said, I surrender now.
I might be saved from destruction in this life and hell in the future. Thank you for salvation. Help me be who I'm supposed to be. According to you. According to my DNA. In Jesus' name. always abounding in the work of the Lord and knowing